could you come over here? Is that okay? Or is it easier for if, if I just come to you? Okay, come up here. Let me pray for your leg real quick. Was it, uh, tell me again what it was? MCL. Cool, I don't know what that is, but we're going to pray for it. We're going to pray for her MCL, and we're going to believe God to do a quick work. That she just, how long is your recovery, they say? Mid-April. We're going to believe for a super quick recovery in Jesus' name, right? Because do we believe in healing around here? We believe that anytime, not just when we come in here, but anytime we can use our words and the power that God gave us, the authority that God gave us, because healing is ours. Healing's for right now. We might go through things. We might feel symptoms. We might tear our MCL or pull it or stretch it, whatever we do. But God can heal it. Amen? Let's play for this real quick. In Jesus' name, Lord, I thank you for your healing power uh, working in this MCL. Lord, we thank you that it doesn't have to take uh, weeks or a month, but, Lord, we believe that you can do a quick work, a speedy work right now in the name of Jesus. So MCL, heal up right now in Jesus' name. Can we get in agreement with that and say amen? Amen. amen. Hey, thank you. Love you. Okay, let's jump into this tonight. Let me uh, log in here. I could, I don't have to have a, a login. I know some of you, if you, you would be really nervous if you didn't have a login on your phone. Um, right, a password? <laughs> you, you would freak out if you left your phone unlocked right now. Don't be like that. Oh, <laughs> tonight we are talking about culture shock. Culture shock. Hey, let's fill up these first two rows. And that means all the boys go, yes, sir. And they stand up and they jump up real quick and move. Awesome. Okay, go fill up the first two rows because look, these... These girls and a couple guys over here are doing an awesome job. And you guys can too. Okay. Hey, look, a lot of cool stuff is happening in our church right now. Lots of cool stuff. Anybody want to hear about it? Lots of cool stuff. Like the quarry. Hello, we're here on a Wednesday night. We could be at home washing dishes, cleaning your room, dusting. I hate dusting. That's why our house has a lot of dust in it. Um, <laughs> but you're here at the quarry. We love the quarry. Look, so many people in our area, in this region, Grant Line Road, across the street, so many people need Jesus, just like we need Jesus, right? We are a region-changing church. If you've been around for more than a minute, you would know that we are a region-changing church. And do you agree with that? Good. Because we are, and you can't stop it. God's got a plan, and we, we're not going to stop it. We're going to partner with him. Listen, uh, this past Sunday, there was multiple visitors, uh, like three families that I saw. That's awesome. Right? That means people want to come, not just because of what we're doing, but because they know Jesus is here, right? The presence of God is here in this church, and people are showing up. This church is moving forward. Do you believe it? Come on. That's good. You know, what we are believing and what we know is going to happen is that one day, people all around this area, in this region, are going to know what Jesus is doing at Church on the Rock and at the quarry. Listen. Uh, we love Sunday church. That's, that's where we go to. That's our starting place. The quarry is a supplement. We're building on what Pastor Jordan and the staff and what God's vision, first and foremost, is for this church. We're just building on it here. That's, that's all we're doing. But look, this, these prophecies and things say that we're, we're going to have influence with the city and the government. So that means people in charge around this place are going to know about Church on the Rock. But not just because of Pastor Jordan or any leaders in but they're going to know because of Jesus. That's, that's who we're preaching. We're not preaching any person. We're preaching Jesus here. So, then no one will know unless we tell them. Right? So that leads me to the title of my message tonight. It's called, Tell Somebody. 
Look at your neighbor behind you and say, tell somebody. <laughs> All the people in the back row are like, ain't nobody back here. You're not exempt from telling somebody. Just to let you know. All right, we're going to jump right into it. Point number one. I have a story. You say that. Good. Say it again. You do. Do you know that? You're like, oh, I, I, I didn't know that I did. What story are you talking about? Everyone has a story. Every story is significant. Every story is unique. There's not two stories that are even close to being alike. You could say, yeah, he was addicted. I was addicted too. It's the same thing. No, it's, it's different. Every time someone's been restored, God has done it differently. Everyone has a story. The story of your family being broken apart and how God healed it is different than the story of someone that says, I was addicted to this thing, but God has set me free. So everyone has a story. Do you believe it? Do you have one? <laughs> and, you know, we, talking about I have a story, we tell our story first and foremost because we want to we thank God. But second, we love people. Do we love people around here? If people show up, are you going to love them? Good. Help me with that. You know, our story tells other people how Jesus saved us, how Jesus saved you. And I, I, I worded these points tonight to make them very personal. Not you have a story, but when they're up on the screen, it says, I have a story. So when you say it, you're like, yeah, you know what? I do have a story. I want to encourage you with that. You know, people are watching you live your story, whether you know it or not, whether you like it or not. So you might be saying, okay, like, cool, how do I tell my story? Let's look at a couple verses. I have two, two scriptures back to back. Let's look at John 15, 26 to 27 out of the Passion Translation. It says, and I will send you the divine encourager from the very presence of my Father. He will come to you, the spirit of truth emanating from the Father, and he will speak to you about me. And you will tell everyone the truth about me, for you have walked with me from the start. Look, 27, it says, you will tell everyone the truth about me. What will you tell them? The story of how he's changed your life. That's, that's what you tell them. Let's look at Acts 1.8 out of the New Living Translation. It says, but you will receive power. That's the thing. That's, that's what we're looking at for this verse. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my what? Witnesses. Because you have a? Yes. You will be... Uh, you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. You could say, uh, Jerusalem, you will tell everyone in Jerusalem, your school, throughout Judea, at your home, in Samaria, at your job. These are just areas that surrounded other areas, just like Clarksville, Jeff, New Albany. The reason I showed you both of those scriptures is because if you tried to tell your story in your own strength, People are going to be like, cool, man, awesome story, didn't do anything for me. But we believe in the Holy Spirit around here, and we believe uh, that the hands can be laid on you, and you can receive the Holy Spirit, and you can speak in tongues, whole another message. But when that happens, you receive power, power that you didn't have before. Well, everybody's like, well, I got saved. Isn't that enough? Hey, that's great. That's an awesome start. And, yeah, you'll get to heaven, and you'll do well in life. But if you want a leg up, if you want an advantage in life, you need the power of the Holy Spirit. That's why I read those two scriptures. I said the divine encourager was going to come. What's an encourager do? Hey, man, you got this. Hey, girl, you got this. Tell your story. You can do this. You are bold. You are strong. You have my power. That's what the Holy Spirit does for us. And you have to ask him to help you, though. So, okay, everybody close your eyes. 
This is how you ask. Say, Holy Spirit, I need you to help me tell my story. Okay, open your eyes. Is that easy? That's how you ask him to help you. Super easy. Holy Spirit, please help me. I, I might be nervous about this. I might be shy. I might be a introvert, which is not a good excuse. Um, <laughs> but the Holy Spirit can help you because he says he's the divine encourager to help you share your story because we all have one. No, no matter what your background is, your story is powerful and your story carries weight and your story speaks to individual situations, things that happen. You can tell the story of, hey, I used to be an orphan. My family rejected me, but then I came to church. Jesus accepted me, and look at this family I got now. Look at all these brothers and sisters. Look at all these mom and dads. Look at God the Father. That's you sharing your story. You will run across people that, hey, your life might be great, and you might have grown up in your life with both parents, and you probably don't like them most of the time. There's people that grew up without their parents that have not known them ever. And those people, I don't like that story, but I love that story. I'm so thankful for that story for them because they are going to be able to help somebody in that situation one day be encouraged. Can I get an amen? You know, no matter what your background, some of us have come from broken families, divorced families, families that have had tragedies, whether you lost a mom or a dad or a sibling or a friend. You know, some of us have come from backgrounds that everything seemed uh, hopeless. But the thing is, when you share your story, you have to be excited about it. You have to say, I was once this way. Look at me now. Check, out, check me out now. I used to be like this. I used to not be focused. I used to be a giant idiot. Look at me now. I used to be addicted to this thing, and I used to be, stay up late at night and look at these certain things on my computer, but God has set me free. Your story is going to help somebody because your story might not help him, but her story might really help him because of what she's been through, right? That's how this thing works. The Holy Spirit. <laughs> hey, just an example, just an example. The Holy Spirit gives us power and encourages us to tell our story because we all have one. Let's look at these. Your story shows people there is hope. Your story proves God's faithfulness. And your story shows people a better way. And there is a better way. My goodness. Man, I just go out. Anywhere that I'm at and I hear people talking and, I, and I, I'm going to do a better job. There's times when I've done great and there's times when I've not done anything. But there is a better way and these people need to know about it. Because they're, they're struggling in life. They're struggling and they need Jesus. And guess what? You may be the only Jesus they ever encounter. People are like, what does that mean? By you loving on them, by you taking your time out of your day to talk to them and, and say, hey, there might be a need here. And you share your story about how God has changed you. That's the only Jesus maybe they'll ever see. Maybe they've never seen anyone do that before. You might be the first. Share your story. You know, <laughs> uh, I had this friend in high school. So... So with talking about sharing your story, you want to have a story of, I used to be this way, now I'm not. I had this friend in high school, freshman year. It, it was a girl that was my friend. Freshman year, she was a really good girl her whole life. And from freshman to senior year, she got the award most changed. But it was negative. 
it was because she used to be really great and a pure girl and everyone looked up to and then her senior year people were like what happened to you she got the award most changed but what if that could be flip-flopped every one of us in here can have that said about us i used to be like that hey man hey i see that you're struggling with this thing i heard you talking about this thing i couldn't help but come over to you and say i've been where you're at i've done the things that you've done i felt those feelings of rejection i've had uh, only maybe one one or two or none of my parents in the home before let me tell you how jesus helped me with that that story will change someone's life because of jesus behind it right does that make sense you know i'll just real quickly t tell my story if, if I were to see someone having an issue with something, you know, I could say, hey, look, um, I don't know everything about you, but I'm talking about me, but I'm someone who grew up in a home, it was a Christian home, my parents did their very best, and they did a good job with teaching us about Jesus, but I felt far from him, I didn't understand that it was important to serve him, so uh, in, in my latter years, 15, 16, 17 years old into college, uh, I started hanging out with some people that... Why did I hang out with them? Oh my gosh. Started hanging out with some whack people. I looked like a giant idiot all the time. That's number two that I said that. Um, I started hanging out with these floozies. <laughs> I started drinking. I started doing really stupid stuff. Didn't do well in school. Couldn't focus. But then someone invited me here because guess what? Someone told me their story. Michael Manning and Maya Smith. Michael's here. We love Maya. She invited Michael, and Michael invited me. Michael told me his story. I actually knew him from a long time ago. If you guys know who that is, he's just one of my, one of my best friends. He goes to church here. But he told me, hey, man, I was in Florida on spring break, and these two guys came up and were, like, playing volleyball and uh, frisbee. And they came up, and they just started talking to me about Jesus, and I got saved on the beach. And I was a, I was a Catholic my whole life. God bless the Catholics. Um, I was a Catholic my whole life, and I've never felt like I had a real relationship with Jesus. And then all of a sudden, I mean, he was, he was talking to me. Oh, we were talking all the time about God, and we were both hungry. And then he invited me to come here. And my life has so greatly been changed. I mean, I can't even begin to explain. The person that I used to be is so different than what I am now. So different. I'm not perfect right now. Uh, I still make mistakes. I still repent to God. But man, what a difference. I used to be so different, and I'm so glad that you guys don't get to see that old person. Because I would be embarrassed. <laughs> Some of you did when I first came around. Oh, my goodness. Wow, what a goober. Um, I've changed. God's helped me. Jesus has helped me. This church has helped me. Having a pastor has helped me. These are all things that, that are inside your story that you can tell people. Does that make sense? Check this out. We're talking about I have a story. This is a quote by good old brother Rick Warren, if you've ever heard of him. It says, this is the essence of witnessing. He's explaining what witnessing is. Simply reporting your personal experiences with the Lord. In a courtroom, a witness isn't expected to argue the case, prove the truth, or press for a verdict. That's the job of the attorneys. Witnesses just tell what happened to them. You don't have to do anything to anybody but say, listen, listen to what happened to me. You see me, right? You see, because I had one guy say to me one time, hey, man, what's so different about you? I blew it. I said, oh, uh, yeah, uh, I'm just happy. Uh, I, I can't remember what I said. I was in the Army. I was standing on top of a Humvee, and it was like an early morning. We were sweaty. It was just sucked. It was terrible. 
hadn't showered for like two weeks, and I'm just like in a good mood. Hey, man, what's different about you? Uh, and I just totally blew it. But they notice. People notice. Hey, everyone's freaking out right now. Why aren't you freaking out? And you can share your story. That's all you have to do is just say, listen, I don't know about all that stuff, but this is what's happened to me. You can do that. Every single one of you can do that. Point number two. Let's say this together. Can you put it up on the screen? Let's say this together. My circle is my responsibility. Say it again. My circle is my responsibility. Everybody's like, oh, gosh, responsibility. I got to do something now. Listen, wherever you, when I say that, my circle, your circle is your influence. Who are you around? Your friends, people in your home, your distant relatives. Sometimes good that they're distant. Um, your job, anywhere that you go into life, on your sports team. Shelby Lynn, she just told me that she just started a practice for conditioning for tennis. That would be awesome. But you have influence there. That's your circle of influence. I'm not going to be able to get there. They probably think I was weird if I show up to a high school girls tennis uh, practice. But I don't have that influence that you have there. Every, uh, the people in here that are in ROTC, you have the chance to influence that group. That's your circle, right? Does that make sense? So your school, your responsibility. Your job, your responsibility. Your family, your responsibility. And I, I want to say... Don't get burdened about it that, oh, my gosh, i got to make something happen. It's all on my shoulders. Don't feel that way. But also have some urgency about you. I, in my life, uh, uh, I had uh, growing up, my, my dad told me, son, you're the missing link to fixing this family. He would tell me that. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, oh, gosh, i got to do something. I never figured it out because it was pressure that was put on me that shouldn't have been put on me that was incorrect. But when I say that, that those areas are your responsibility, I don't mean it in that way. I mean, you have a job to do, and we need to do it, and we're not doing that great, and we need to do better. That's why we're talking about this. That's why the Holy Spirit has led us to talk on these topics. You know, my circle is my responsibility. One day when you get to heaven, I'm just speculating, but God's going to be like, hey, man, what's up? Glad you're here. Hey, you did good. A little shaky there towards the end, but hey, you made it. Um, Hey, what'd you do with that responsibility that I gave you? Tell me about it. Some people are going to be like, um, 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 uh. Some people are like, actually, this is exactly what I did, and they're going to have an answer. I want to have an answer. You don't want to be like, uh, I told someone that God loves them. Hey, that's good. That's a great start because that could change someone's life 100%. But it's got to go beyond that. I want to be able to say, Lord, the areas that you put me in, my circle of influence that you put me response, in charge of to be responsible over, I did the best job that I could. And I, I want him to say, well, good job, son. You did. I saw it, and you did a great job. We're going to have to answer for it. I don't have to answer to God for your circle, but I have to answer to God for my circle. Listen, be faithful with what you have right now look at this Luke 16 10 out of the New Living Translation if you're faithful in little things you will be faithful in large ones but if you are dishonest in little things you won't be honest with greater responsibilities listen if you can be trusted with five dollars God will give you ten dollars and then when you're able to be trusted with ten he can give you twenty if God puts three people from your school did everybody write your three down tonight in the lobby, we had you guys fill out, write down three people. If God puts you in charge of three people, 
And you're like, Lord, I want more, I want more. And he's like, you haven't even told one of those three yet about me. He's not going to give you more. Because why would he put responsibility on? What he's going to do is he's going to put it on someone who's actually going to do the job, right? We're, and we're not doing this out of obligation. We, we're telling people our story, and we have that responsibility because we love people, don't we? We want people's lives to be changed just like ours have been changed. You know, we've talked about, like, let's build the sanctuary. And we, we're doing it. We're going to. That's happening. But let's start with the first three rows first. Let's get this boy's side those three, and then that whole other section filled before we tried to fill up the sanctuary. Start, let's be trusted with some small things first before God does that big, grand thing. Because if God did the big, grand thing every time, we wouldn't have to trust him. We'd say, oh, yeah, he's going to take care of it. There wouldn't be any, um, any urgency on us to do anything. If every time we knew, hey, hey, God, could you do this? He's like, sure. <laughs> Done. It'd be boring. We'd be getting everything going all the time. God wants us to trust him. Hey, he's like, I want to see what you're going to do with those three friends before I give you more. Some of you, I know, have the desire to speak up more in your school. Tegan, I know you've, you've talked about that before. Sorry to call you out. Um, I know you've talked about that before, and you're a great witness to your friends, and I know you've shared your story, and I know your friends have come here, and thank you for that. Thank you to all the people who bring your friends. I mean, you might not realize exactly what it's doing for them, but it is absolutely changing their life. You get to spend eternity with, eternity with these people. So, hope you like them. Um, <laughs> we love people. <laughs> but let's, let's get the first three rows. I know most of them, you know, I'm just using that example. Most of these first three rows are filled. But, <laughs> but mine and Morgan's promise to you is if you bring them here, we're not going to embarrass them. You guys are like, dude, you're totally embarrassing me right now. What are you talking about? I'm not bringing my friends. No. We're not going to embarrass them. We're not going to make them do anything silly. We're not going to call them out. We just want to present Jesus to them. And Jesus is irresistible, and people won't say no to Jesus. They might one time, they might a second time, but they can't get away from Jesus. Okay. Point number three. You ready for it? Let's put it up on the screen. Say this. I have grace for my circle. Say it again. I have grace for my circle. Well, I'm an introvert just don't really have people skills awesome i'm sure jesus didn't feel like going to the cross either to be murdered to be nails driven through his hands and his feet to be whipped but he did it what if he would say hey god um i'm an introvert i'm not super outgoing i really wouldn't want to hang up there for people to see me no he did he had a job to do and he did it listen if you're a person that says i don't really know how to talk to people i just told you the holy spirit will give you power to do that power to what open up your mouth and share your story does anybody want that? Yeah. So we're talking about, uh, and point number two is my circle is my responsibility. Look, grace means ability. Grace means ability. So point number three is I have grace for my circle. And we're looking at the word responsibility. Look at how it's broken down. Response and ability. So... For every situation that comes up in life, you will have a response. You should. You need to be ready. For every situation, every t any, anywhere you're at, and you, someone's crying over there in the corner, you have a response for them. Someone's super upset, you have a response for them. But not just that you have a response, but I have grace for my circle. Grace means ability. We have God's ability to work with those people and to help them. Response, ability. Does that make sense? Awesome. I'm glad. I was hoping it would. 
you know, and you always have a response because of the ability of, uh, or grace that God has given you. Don't wait on someone else to do it. If all of us said, hey, we'll wait for the super outgoing person to do it, we'll wait for um, Emily to go talk to the new person that came in tonight or Zod to come talk to the new if we all thought that, those person will walk in, no one say a word, and they'd walk out, and they'd say, Church in Rock is not very friendly. The quarry is not very friendly. A bunch of people who are stuck in clicks. Do we want that? No. That's the proper response. No, we do not want that. <laughs> if you wait on someone else to do it, nothing will get done. Right? Listen, God's heart is for people. Every time, everyone to get saved. Not, uh, let me hand select that group over there they can get saved and come god's plan is for everyone every time every race every color every single background no matter how much you've messed up no matter how little you've messed up no matter how much you got it together his plan is for everyone his grace is for everyone and people can get that when they come here let's look at first john 510 talking about I have grace from my circle talking about my circle is my responsibility listen those who believe in the Son of God have the living testimony in their hearts we don't have to read the rest that's what I want to focus on they have the living testimony in their hearts you have that living testimony testimony is a churchy word for sharing your story with somebody it's like testimony uh, this is <laughs> This is classic. Uh, growing up on Sunday, sometimes, uh, we, sometimes we were in between churches. We had these things called testaments. Anybody ever seen those? It's a mint. And it's called testament. And you, <laughs> so we get these at the beginning of our Bible study, and we open it up, pop the mint in your mouth, and everybody had to read what was on the inside. Super corny. Hey, it, it was cool for the time. We were like, yeah, testaments. Yeah, I'm going to testament to God. Yeah. But um, we're not doing that tonight. Remember I said this is going to be a fresh place for your friends to come. No testaments here. Some of you need a mint, though. Um, all right. <laughs> so God said it. He said we have that living testimony in our hearts. So God said it. That means we have it. That's all I got tonight, people. I want us to go over those points again. Let's look at those up on the screen. Let's say these together. Say, I have a story. Say, my circle is my responsibility. You all sound so pumped up. You do. I have grace for my circle. You do. Do you believe it? Yeah. All right, let's look at this one last verse. 1 Peter 2, 9 through 10. I love this. No more excuses. It says, but you are the ones chosen by God, chosen for the high calling of priestly work, Chosen to be a holy people, God's instruments to do his work and speak out for him. To Listen, to tell others of the night and day difference he made for you. I came from nothing to something. I came from rejected to accepted. Every single one of us in this room is living proof of that. If you have Jesus in your life, you are living proof of that. If that doesn't get you excited, you're probably drier than a corn cob. I was about to say. <laughs> but look... It says, oh, let me find out where I'm at. It says, to tell others the night and day difference. Listen, before you had Jesus, you were living in darkness. As soon as he comes into your life, you're, to your life, you're full of light, and you're translated into his kingdom. So you went from darkness to light, kind of like night and day. The difference he made for you from nothing to something. 
listen, I used to be nothing, but look, I'm not, look at me now, check me out now. But God has done something in my life, and I am different. I am focused. I have a calm and well-balanced mind. I'm saved. I'm going to heaven. Thank you, Lord. I don't have to go to hell. Thank you, Lord. Anybody excited about that? Anybody had a night and day difference in their life? Does anybody want to have a testament? Anybody got a mint? I might need one. <laughs> okay, so look, check this out. Hey, look, we're finished, but we're going to do one more thing. Um, in the foyer, the lobby area out there, you all filled out three people that you want to see come to the quarry and get saved. Or three people that you're getting responsibility for that you're going to tell them about Jesus at your school. Those three people, hey, if another opportunity comes along, go for it. But focus on those three. This is the challenge. We want to see three brand new people that have never been here before. Never. Not church people. We love church people. Hey, that's us. We church people. People who have never, ever, ever, ever been here before. We want to see three new ones next week. Oh, Amzie, why not 20? Three. We're going to do three. God's going to trust us with small, and then he's going to do the big. We're going to first work on the first three rows, and then we're going to take the next three, and then we're going to have to work on, oh, gosh, there's no room. Let's go to the new fellowship hall in there, and let's set up chairs and a screen, and they can watch us preach from here into there. That stuff is going to happen. Oh, we ran out of room in there. What are we going to do? Well, we've got to put some chairs in the hallway. Oh, we ran out of room. What are we going to do? Guess we've got to build a new building. That is going to happen, people. We're in the beginning stages of it right now. Do you believe it? Yes. I'm excited about it. And I think about it all the time. People are like, well, maybe it's just, you're just pumped up because it's the beginning of the year. And people are usually pumped up. And maybe that's why new people are coming. Don't let the enemy try to speak little words of, or little lies to you, things to uh, uh, discourage you. It's not true. People are showing up, and this thing is growing and moving because of God's plan for this house. God's plan won't be stopped unless you don't do anything. Please do something. Okay, so look, this is what we're going to do. Do you have that paper? Everybody have their papers? Okay. If you don't have your papers, we're going to hold that paper in hand by faith. Pretend it's there, but, uh, or grab like a, a gum wrapper out of your pocket and pretend it's that, or your neighbor's snotty tissue from their pocket if they need to. <laughs> My kid has such a snotty nose today. I watched it like 10 times. I'm glad I don't have that in my pocket anymore. Listen, this is what we're going to do. Hey, is anybody brave enough to let me, like, like two people let me have their list and I can see their names? Anybody? Can you hold your Riley, can I have yours? I'll take yours. I'll take yours. I'll give them back. Who else? Destiny? Awesome. This is, <laughs> I'm not reading one of these on here. This is too funny. Okay. All right. I want, let's all stand up. I want everyone to take that piece of paper in your hand. Paper, don't worry, paper's not holy. It's just a symbol of our faith, an act of our faith. Take that and put it in your hand. Close your fist around it, and we're going to pray for these people. Not just me. If you really want your friends to be saved from going to a hell that right now they deserve, but Jesus paid the price to where they don't have to go there, if you love those people and you have a heart for people, let's hold those up and we're going to pray for these people right now. And while I'm leading us in prayer, yes, be joining in, but also you don't have to shout it out or anything. You can if you want to. I'd be awesome if there were some radical young people for Jesus tonight. But let's take these names and let's pray over them. Pray over the names specifically. I took these ones because I just wanted to have, oh, there's somebody that's too right. So whoever wrote this, I'm going to have to give them a hug later. Um, 
I love the way they spelled responsibility. Um, <laughs> um, we're going to take these names and we're going to pray over these. And I want you to read them and say them out of your mouth while we're praying for these. Anybody scared to do that? You're all right being vocal in church, right? We're a loud church. We're not quiet around here. We ain't shy. We're not introvert. You can be introvert at home, but not, no introverts here. <laughs> Just kidding. We love, we love all personality types. Like, it's easy for you to say because you're so outgoing. <laughs> okay, you ready to pray for these people? Are you excited? Do you believe that three, three people, people are like, it's just not a very big number. That's huge. Three is bigger than zero, isn't it? Listen, let's pray for these people. Ready? Lord, we thank you right now. I'm going to read these names. Harley, Elena, Jacob, Gideon, RJ, extended family, and, and uh, another list says friends from school. Lord, we thank you for these people right now, Lord, that wherever they're at, Lord, you're going to begin speaking to their hearts and preparing them. But, Lord, not, the just, not just that you're going to do the work, but, Lord, we are the laborers in the field going out and harvesting, Lord, what you have. Lord, your heart is for, are for these people. Lord, we thank you for these names that are listed, these three names that are listed. Lord, we're going to focus on these people. We're going to pray for these people. We're going to go out of our way this week to look for those people. Lord, we're going to go out of our way because since you're working on them, they're going to know something is up, but they don't know what it is. So, Lord, we thank you that when we go to our schools, our jobs, and to our families, at our sports activities, Lord, we thank you, Lord, that you're going to give us a door an open door to speak into these people li people's lives. And we thank you, Holy Spirit, for giving us the power, your grace, your ability to be able to do these things. We're not afraid to do it. Lord, if you went to the cross to do something that you didn't want to do, we can do the thing that might be hard for us. But thank you, Holy Spirit, for coming upon us and giving us that power. And that power lives in us to tell our story. And, Lord, we thank you for three Fresh new people coming next week. Not people we've seen before. Not people that we pull from another church, but three people who really need you. Because, Lord, we're talking about uh, church is a home and church is a place of acceptance next week. And we want those people to know that when they come in here, nobody's judging them. Everybody loves them. That, Lord, that you are for them. So let's say those Go ahead and say those names out on your list right now. Lord, we thank you for these names. Lord, we thank you that uh, you're giving us that open door, that we're going to see these people saved for you. Lord, the reason that these young people wrote these names is because they're the first three people that you put on their heart. They're people that they come into contact every day with. And they are, they are right now, in the name of Jesus, they're coming to know you. Yes. And every saint in here tonight said, Amen. do you believe it? Are you excited about your friends coming to get changed? Do you want to see your friends here? Come on. I promise when they come here, we're going to give them something awesome because Jesus is helping us. Amen? Hey, I love you guys. You're dismissed.